And we'll read something from Hafiz. Let me near you tonight. Hafiz speaks of the special love a spiritual student feels for his teacher. The master becomes a personification of love and the focus of the student's devotion and longing. This association of spiritual student and teacher can become the most intimate and deeply personal bond of life, closer than husband and wife or parent and child. Hafiz describes the many dimensions and of this relationship from the depths of his own experience with his master. He says, I need to know I am yours, beloved. So, wanted to share one thing, and that was um, Pat Doggett, uh, his mother passed away this Friday, uh, Laura Doggett's husband and her mother-in-law. And so I just wanted to let you know that. And they are having a, a little memorial service at our house this afternoon for the immediate family about 3 o'clock. So you just kind of hold that all in your thoughts and prayers and, and all. They're doing real well. Uh, she had Alzheimer's for a number of years, so it wasn't unexpected even though the process was kind of a surprise how she got to that point. But we each get to that point in our own way. And rather than go into all the details right now, it's just to let her go and let them release her and, and move on into a greater place of, of peace. Also, we have a card in the back. If you want to go ahead and start passing it around, that um, we can uh, all sign. And uh, we'll give it to them today at the memorial service. And then was there something for you to announce, Laura, or? Oh, okay. Very good. Never mind. <laughs> All right. Do you have an announcement? Huh? Do you have an announcement? No. Okay. Do I? Hear ye, hear ye. Do I? <laughs> the Lord thy God. <laughs> Oh, do we have one? Yes. Becoming Soul Liberated. The oh. newest CD is out. It's really nice because actually this CD uh, Bill took, and it's one of the CDs that we send to people who write a letter of intention for initiation. So I guess it was uh, nice enough and moved Bill enough to say, hey, I'd like to edit this, uh, this and put it out hear that or it was a personal thing, getting to express his wonderful creativity with the beautiful CD covers that he does. So, it's back in the back. It's good either way. Help yourself. So Becoming So Liberated, the newest CD. Not that we're trying to promote anything other than loving. <laughs> but of course, just like you come here, hearing the talks can really assist in the coming into that greater focus. And it was really, should I start? I guess you started. <laughs> it was really interesting actually talking about this and actually here sharing the CD because I actually had an experience this morning. And in that experience, I was actually teaching a class on meditation on the inner levels. And in that class, there's just hundreds of people. So everybody's all over and they had their chairs and laying out all over for a meditation experience. And so we we're moving into that. And there's somebody there actually talking, trying to promote something that was more physical, such as like a CD. Even if it's about spirit, it was still a physical focus. And I found it really interesting when they were sharing, I could feel this energy of distraction of getting focused back into the world rather than into spirit. And so Jim and I were talking about this this morning. That's why I'm laughing right now, you know, sharing the CD, because I just had that this morning and how we can get caught on a physical thing even though that physical thing can support the action of meditation and going within that we're doing here. And so it was neat for me to see that how subtle these distractions can be, even though when we think they're supporting us in our spiritual journey, that even something about spirit, as long as it's physical, is still an outer distraction. It really is about the practice of meditation and moving into that flow within, just as we did in the guided meditation. It's not about even the words that I'm saying as I'm doing the guided meditation. Those are simply to support us coming into the inner focus to really awaken to the divine. 
that's the only purpose, focus, direction that we're really going for here in Interlight Ministries is that awakening to the divine. So everything we do is in regards to that. And if anything becomes a distraction and gets in the way of that, that's where it's up to each of us to take personal responsibility, to always remind ourselves to come back centered, to come back to the seat of the soul, to come back to the soul, not just the seat, but the soul. The seat of the soul is simply that place where we can begin to focus in the physical by which we can really awaken to the soul within us. And it was really fun as I was trying to move into the class, giving a little bit of description, and then wanted to start beginning to move into an actual meditation, just like we did here to guide the group into that. And after distraction with this outer focus of like promoting a CD or something, then all of a sudden in that movement of energy back into the world, focused on a physical object, all of a sudden people here and there started kind of side talking and talking with somebody next to them or somebody was complaining about something else. And I remember this one person just kept on talking and then the person sitting next to her said, Brian, Brian, you got to come over here and help. This person is going through something. This is all going on when there's three or 400 people in this large gathering trying to move into a guided meditation. And here the energy was getting more and more now popping and distracted. And so I went over to the person for a moment to see what was going on. And it, she was just upset because she was distracted by the energies now going in the room. But she was adding to it because she kept talking and wouldn't stop talking. So I said, the first step to stop the distraction is to shut up. If you know me, I'll talk like that. But I didn't say it in a mean way like, shut up. It's more like, the first thing to do is to shut up to shut down, if you will, that mind. It's not really shutting it down, but that's why I like the word shut up, because it's shutting off the mind, or really, it's focusing the mind upwards. So it's shutting off the mind with the down, down focus, but now focusing the mind upwards, so that we really focus on the spirit. So as I started off with my little joking around, that can seem a little bit crude sometimes, but shut up, then I went and started to move into the explanation where I shared with the group, you know, this is perfect that this is happening because this is giving us all a wonderful experience of how easy it is to get distracted by those energies of the world, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. How easy it is to all of a sudden, here we were, because the whole group, just like when you guys all sat down and it was so quiet, we're like, wow. The whole group got into that focus and just like that, all of a sudden, it changed and had the outer focus once again. So I began to share how through that experience in a group, it's wonderful to pay attention because as we directly speak of it, we all begin to focus into that. And in that focus is how we begin to awaken to come to the greater knowing, not only of the divine, but those things that distract us from the movement of spirit within us. And that's important to pay attention to and realize that it's up to each one of us individually to simply bring ourselves back to that inner focus, to not complain about the world, to not blame the world, and to let it be okay that there's things going on in the world, because there always will be. Those will always be distractions if you allow them to be distractions. There can be just things going on all around you, but yet we individually can stay focused and centered on the spirit within. And so that's the challenge, that's the test that we all have as we walk through this world, is to really begin in yet a greater way every day to hold that inner attention, to hold that inner focus, that in a sense we don't allow ourselves to become distracted. Or if we do, just like I said to this lady, the first step is to begin to shut up. Just stop, in other words, what you're doing in your participation in that outer flow, in that outer distraction. That's the first step is to stop our own participation. And it's easy. You can just say, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to participate in that. That's how simple this really is. Even when it doesn't seem like it, when it seems challenging, when we feel really pulled, it's almost like we cannot not participate. But the truth is, you have total 100% authority in the power to make the choices you want to make. You really have that freedom. It's just that, at times when we're really caught up in something, it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't look like we really have that greater freedom. 
But that's part of the discovery and the journey of this spiritual path, is really waking up and realizing the full authority, the full freedom and power that you have as that divine child of God, as that true living, loving essence of the Lord that we call soul of who we all truly are. That's part of the awakening process, is to really to focus on that, to go within, to claim that, to acknowledge, to acknowledge the greater truth of who we are as spirit, as divine. And as we do that, the more we claim that and acknowledge that and focus into that loving, the more it awakens within us. But it's up to us to do that. We can only do that for ourselves. It's up to each of us to take the responsibility, not to put it on others, not to blame the world, but to simply say, oh, so this is what comes with the world. That's okay. And it's my choice what I choose to participate in. And I choose to participate in the loving, in the soul that I am. And I can be aware of all that is going around in the world around me, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, my reactions. But they don't have to be a distraction from really living the loving of who I am. All of us have that power to do that, to live that inner light, to live the loving that we are and still be aware of all these other things we call distractions because we don't need to be caught up in them. That's what we call karma, is when we're caught up in the polarities, in the energies of the world. And it's simply allowing ourselves the freedom of choice to say, you know what, I'm now going to let that go and choose God within me. Let go and let God, the God within, the soul, the light that we truly are. And so as we choose more into that loving and less and less or completely out of the distractions of the world, it simply flows of energy. If you could imagine a big river and then these little streams that come off of the river, those little streams are simply those flows of energy as it comes out of spirit and into the mind, the emotions, the imagination, the body. Those are little tributaries that are simply experiences of the soul traveling through the world of spirit into the physical to experience. And all it is is beginning to now bring ourselves back out of the tributaries, back into the main river, that river of loving, to now begin that yet that greater journey, the true journey, the inner journey. And we can participate in that at any moment, at any time, no matter what's going on, no matter what our experience is physically, mentally, or emotionally. So don't kid yourself. Don't think because you're caught up in your mind or emotions or whatever physical experience you're having that that's bad or that's really, in a sense, having power over you to keep you, in a sense, grounded in the world rather than more centered and focused on the spirit within. It's a simple choice to simply to bring ourselves back to that inner focus, back to the seat of the soul, back to the river of loving. You know, it's really interesting how life really is a journey. It is like being in a river, and as that river carries us along, that all these experiences we have. It's really fun also when we're just meditating now, I started kind of seeing it like the spine, and how even in the chiropractic profession, you know, part of what they do by adjusting the spine is help to bring it back into its natural alignment. And when the spine is back in that alignment, then they say it restores the health because everything is functioning properly. The nerves, the muscle tissues around that, it's all brought back into that alignment. I go, and inside of me I'm looking at this going, you know, this is a wonderful auto-reflection of what it's like spiritually. That the soul of who we are is in a sense, not got, the soul's not gotten misaligned. It is through the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and the body that we could call those the misalignments as we are caught up in those levels. But as we choose to bring ourselves back into the focus, back into that loving, that's the first step. And also in this, I began to realize, just like we might go to a chiropractor for an adjustment to help us get back to that alignment, because a chiropractor will even tell you, it's not me who does any healing, I just help bring things through the adjustments back into alignment so that you, your body, can naturally come back into that healthy state of being. And I thought, hey, that's pretty wonderful. Because in a sense, that's what the spiritual teacher does. 
the spiritual teacher is like a spiritual chiropractor that simply gives adjustments to assist you in the coming into that greater alignment of the divine of your own life essence. When we share like what we do here, through our sharings, that if it assists in adjusting things spiritually within you so that you come into that greater alignment, and as you come into that alignment, natural order is restored. Things come back into balance. We have more of a greater sense of wholeness, of peacefulness that comes with that inner alignment, that spiritual alignment, by once again, that river of loving can flow freely. And even when we talk about the path of the straight and narrow, if you can think of it as a straight and narrow path, as a river of loving that just moves. If we're off, like as a tributary in the river of loving that I spoke of, you could say that was like a, a misadjustment or misalignment. And as we come back into that river, back into the straight and narrow, that's like a spiritual adjustment, if we want to put it that way. And it's simply letting go of those distractions of the world that we focus into. And we just naturally come back right into that flow, into the straight and narrow. The wonderful thing is, as we do that through our choices, our actions, that as we do that, that's our job. And as we do that, then the Holy Spirit is right there. That is the straight and narrow. It's not really a pathway. It is the Holy Spirit. It is God's loving. That is the straight and narrow. So you may not literally see it as like a straight path. That's just a visual to give an idea. But as we move into that idea, if it assists us to come into that river of loving, the straight and narrow, that's all we have to do. And the wonderful thing is, once we bring ourselves back into that, then it will do the rest. It will bring us now into the greater experience of our oneness of the divine. And that's the process of spiritual awakening by which we take responsibility and authority over our own thoughts, feelings, actions, reactions, if you've heard Jim say over and over, that as we handle our inner kingdom, our create, creative actions, those things that we create, as we are responsible and love our creations, accept what we've created, forgive those things that we have judged of our own creations. As we forgive those things, the loving comes back in. Remember what I said, the loving is the straight and narrow. The loving is the river by which we truly move into the greater experience of, this, of our soul's oneness with God. So keep that in mind. You do have your part to do, but it's simple. It is simply choosing the loving, the acceptance, using forgiveness to come back into that loving. And as we do our part, God is always there in that straight and narrow, that river of loving, just waiting for us to step into that, to dive into the river. That's all we have to do. And it's by doing the inner work that we create the inner freedom by which we can out of our freedom of choice, dive back into the river, and then the greater journey begins. And it can be a bit of work sometimes to dive in that river, to experience the greater journey. And that greater journey, is, of course, is all those things we talk about in here as we talk about the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, and the soul and spiritual realms. As we dive into that river, the first step the first diving is right into here, right to the seat of the soul. That's the first action. But in order to dive in there, we've got to work through all this inner kingdom. But remember, the work is simple. The work is loving. And the work is simply forgiving all those things where we have placed judgments upon our creations and those things in the world. So simply forgive. Allow things to be okay. And if you don't, that's why forgiveness is such an effective tool. It really works, but it's up to us to work it. When we do the work, we create the experience of that greater diving into the river. And that's all we have to do. God does the rest. God brings the soul back home. God will lift us 
through that action of loving, the sound current, the Holy Spirit, the light. And then it's simply a matter of enjoying the ride, going along the ride as the river carries us through all the spiritual kingdom now. It's that river that carries us through the astral realm, through the causal realm, even through this physical realm. If you think about it, what is it that really carries us? Even when we don't want to participate anymore, we're still here. Why do we do the things we do? What keeps moving us forward even in our physical lives? It is that river of loving. The life essence itself. But as we choose more into that, that we experience the greater journey beyond the physical. So keep choosing that. Every moment, every day is a simple choice but it is one we have to keep making over and over. And the more we keep making that, just like any habit, the more we do it, the more we experience it, the more ingrained we become into that which we choose. The soul, of, the soul is creative in nature. We create our own experience. So why not create the loving? Why not create the experience of the divine by our choices, what we choose to do? Granted, it's in God's hands. We simply have to go sit in God's hands and allow God to do the rest. That's why it has been talked about through the ages how God is not inflictive, unconditional, no control, no demands, total freedom just to be in the loving. And so it really is up to us, through that total freedom, to be in the loving, to be in the expression and the experience of that action of loving. So just remember, no matter what happens in the world around you, no matter what happens in yourself, if you find yourself becoming distracted and complaining about the distraction, you have total power to change that focus to choose to shut up. And after you shut up, focus back into the divine so that you don't shut down. Because we don't want to be shut down. We want to be open up. Shut up the mind and open up the spirit. And that's where the greater experience, the greater journey will take on a whole new life. And your life will change. This is where I go back to, and I'll guarantee it. But it's up to you to participate and find for yourself. Because truly, it's not me. I can't guarantee anything. Only you can by your own choices, your own actions. So find out. Jim and I are here simply to keep reminding you, to keep giving you those little spiritual chiropractic adjustments so that you can allow that natural flow to be restored within you. But, just like any good chiropractor will tell you, then you've got to make changes in your own life so that you keep that alignment, that you strengthen those muscles, that you do whatever it is you need to do so that the alignment holds, that adjustment holds. Because if we just go back to doing things the way we've always done them that created the misalignment in the first place, guess what? It'll just go right misaligned once again. And that's okay. These things can take a while. Don't judge the process. Don't make it wrong because you got one adjustment and everything's going to be perfect because you're like, wow, you, you experience the alignment, the greater state of health and wholeness, and then all of a sudden, the very next day or the very next minute even, all of a sudden it misaligns. It goes back to the old state of being. And there we are once again in distraction and disturbance. Don't judge it. That's where acceptance is key, to really just come into the okayness that this is what happens. This is life. That's why on this level of time and space, things take time. They unfold over time and space. So when you have the adjustment, 
whether it's coming to a class like this or in one of your meditations, whatever it is, when you find yourself coming back into that greater alignment and the experience that comes with that, where you really feel where order has been restored, the natural flow of things once again, you're living and experiencing. Just remember what you did to get there and just know that more than likely you're going to have misalignments pretty regularly throughout life. And let that be okay. That's part of the journey. That's how we learn and grow through all of our experiences in these creations. All you have to do is simply choose once again. Bring yourself back into the alignment. Bring yourself back into that river of loving, that pathway of the straight and narrow. Because after a while, just like the chiropractor can just adjust you, but if you don't change the way you do things, you ought to keep going back, but yet truly the state of health has never been restored. It is only as we begin to change the way we participate that that greater state of health, spiritually I'm talking here, can be lived more fully where no longer does the misalignments occur. But the process by which it happens is that where it may have been misaligned in a big way, every time you take a step, you bring yourself back into alignment, your back in alignment goes out of alignment again. But you see the alignment or misalignment in this case is less than what it was before. So as you keep making the choices more and more into the loving, those misalignments become smaller and smaller and smaller until the day we're no longer do we go out of alignment, that truly now we are living in the fullness of the straight and narrow, the fullness of the experience. We're no longer, do we even need to have the experience of being caught up in the world, of being misaligned. And I don't truly, even though I've been using this word misaligned, I don't want to make that as a wrong. Don't ever judge that. Don't judge what we call karma. Those experiences are what our soul has come into these realms to experience, to learn and grow in these worlds. Those experiences are valuable. It is through loving those experiences. It is the loving that is the alignment. Love all the experiences so that all those misalignments truly are not missed. They are brought into the alignment so there's no more misalignment. It is all loved back into the oneness. Because that's what we're doing here is loving everything, everything, embracing, loving, taking back in all those things that we've separated within ourselves. Bring it all back together. Bring it all into the loving. Love all of it. All your thoughts, all your feelings, all your imaginations, all your judgments, your fears. Love it. When you find yourself going into fear or judgment, just say, you know what? I just love how I judge. I love those fears. I just love it when I do that. And then you begin to look at that which you're judging or that which you fear. And then as you see that and you feel that energy inside of you, just love it. I love that which I'm fearing. Just the other day in my meditation, I experienced a fear inside of me. And I could feel this part of me that was in resistance, that I didn't want to look at it, that I didn't want to participate because it was uncomfortable. And it was in the emotional level. And that can be uncomfortable. I'm sure most of you know that, the discomfort of the emotions when they're more disturbing. But I could feel this resistance inside of me, scared to look at it, not wanting to look because if I do, oh my God, then it's going to really get me. The devil's going to get me. My demons will be upon me, and then what am I going to do? They'll get a hold of me. I'll have no power. That's the fear that keeps us entrapped. That's part of what it does. It makes us think, no, don't look at that. That's part of the game. Part of the game of the illusion of the darkness, the veils, the inner blocks is by that fear, that discomfort that it creates within us. It knows that through the fear, it seems to have control over us. 
so it'll play the game. And if we're not willing to look, we allow the fear to control us by not willing to look, then it does have power over us. That's how, in a sense, we keep ourselves entrapped in this world through our own fear, through our own unwillingness to really look and confront these things that feel uncomfortable. And in this meditation, I knew I know the game. But I gotta keep walking. I gotta keep playing the game. Which is good because the more you do anything, the better you get at it. So I stay in practice. Here was another fear within myself. And I started to find myself resisting and going into the old way of no, don't look at that. I said, All right, let's have a little fun here. Let's what see let's see what's in the fear. And so I allowed myself within my consciousness, I just relaxed. It was so simple, it's amazing. I relaxed and allowed myself to move into that consciousness of that fear within me, of that disturbance. And it was amazing because I literally felt this whole energy field of darkness come upon me and I moved into it. And there I was within myself in total darkness. But the funny thing was, the fear was before I moved in. And as I relaxed and allowed myself to move beyond that initial resistance and fear, as I actually moved into this darkness by which I feared, as I actually went into the darkness, the fear just disappeared. I was like, I was sitting, standing in this darkness. And I experienced it as darkness. There was nothing there. I was aware of nothing. The fear was gone. I was like, what was I fearing? There was nothing even to fear. I was amazed. And the other thing that I was really very pleasantly surprised by, that not only was there nothing there, there was no fear, but I was in a state of peace. I was centered. I was peaceful, I was calm, and I knew my light of loving of who I am in darkness. No fear. This is the whole thing of overcoming our fears, no matter what they are. The fear of death, the fear of public speaking, the fear of taking our next breath. Doesn't matter what it is. It's just simply that fear keeps on going because we're unwilling, or as we call it, too scared to allow ourselves to really go into it. And I'm talking about inwardly. I don't mean I'm scared to jump off of a cliff, so I'm going to get over my fear and go jump off a cliff. I'm not talking about that kind of physical fear. Because if you think about it, if you are scared of heights because you're going to fall, an ouch, maybe a big ouch, called you're dead, the fear of death. Where's that fear? It's not on that cliff. The fear is inside of you. That's what I'm talking about. Going into that inner experience of fear that is within you about this outer thing. It's not about the outer. It has nothing to do with the outer physical experience. It is all about what is going on inside of you, the inner experience. So what I'm sharing here was totally an inner experience. As I said, just in my meditation, my eyes are closed, and I actually wear earplugs quite often, so I really don't even hear any outer sounds, so I can really focus on the inner and allow myself to awaken to what is going on inside of me, not only spiritually, but everything, because this fear was getting in the way and distracting me from the greater experience of the spirit inside. And I know I want spirit more than I want anything else. And if this is blocking that greater experience, then by God, isn't that funny how we even have that phrase, by God? Well, that's right, by God, the light and the loving, I went into the fear, which was just darkness. Just how we describe the etheric realm the void, there's nothing there. It's just complete emptiness, complete darkness. But yet, we call that the fear of the unknown. We're scared of nothingness. What if we become nothing? Oh my God, 
Well, you'll never know until you allow yourself to go into that, to move beyond your resistance, to move beyond your discomfort, to go beyond that fear, that resistance within you. Simply stepping over the line. <clears throat> Step over that line. Go right into the darkness because that's where you're going to really wake up and discover the light that you are. That's where you're going to find your greater peace, your greater freedom, because no longer will you allow the fear to have dominance or control over you. Make no mistake about it. It only controls us because we allow it. So choose to step through your fears. But the first step of through the fear is into it. Go in. This is the leap of faith. Because as you go into the fear, just as I discovered, as I shared with you, as I went into it, the fear was gone. I was at peace. I stepped into my peace, my greater knowing that truly nothing stands before me and God inside. And in that peace, I just kind of laughed inside of myself, going, my God, I was scared of nothing. Nothing. I was scared of it. But now I know, and now I'm free. And in that peace, I just started to go, even in that level in spirit, I just went inside and then began to chant the names of God once again and now focus on the inner light, focus on the loving, and then just get right back in that river. I just dove right back in. And then as I did my part, then all of a sudden there it was, the movement now to yet a greater experience of the divine. It's really that simple to get free. The challenge that it seems to be is those things that seem so real, that feel so real. The challenge is to relax enough, to give ourselves the opportunity through our choices to walk through it. And it's up to you to make those choices. And then it's up to you. Because you can choose, yes, yeah, Lord, I'm willing to. I'm willing to go ahead and step through my fears. And God's going, okay, I'm right on the other side. And you're like, oh, now i got to really do it. A lot of us will say we're willing to do it. It doesn't matter what you say or what you even think you're willing to do. What matters is that you do it. Go for it. This is where you really find out the greater truth and the greater experience of who you really are as a divine child of God. Take the steps. Jim and I are here to support you. The people around you. Find those places of your support, of your loving. Because sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need to take baby steps. Sometimes we need somebody to hold our hand or a shoulder to lean on. That's okay. Don't make that wrong. Just like little children as we raise them, they go through a process where they don't know how to take care of themselves. And as a parent, the parent teaches them. But the parent just doesn't just show them and say, here, you do it. No, the parent does it for them at first. And over time, the parent shows until the child can do it for themselves. It is the same thing here spiritually. Jim and I are here to support you in that. Sometimes it looks like we do it for you. Just as a parent, you do something for a baby that is not able to do it for itself yet. But then also we support you in learning how to walk on your own two feet. But even in that, sometimes we need a shoulder to lean on, a hand to hold. That's part of what we're here to do. And other of you, get to know each other. You know the two golden rules, love God with all your body, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself? That's part of the process, is loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, remember, that's second. The first thing is loving yourself. And even beyond first or second is loving God. That's not even a number on that one. Because truly, loving God is loving self. That's the greater reality. Don't be afraid to ask for support. Don't be afraid to reach out and give support. Be the loving. Do the loving. Inwardly first. Because part of the experience is that sometimes 
we'll begin to look to others to support us rather than supporting ourselves. And that's okay too, because that's just part of the learning. But eventually, we are going to need to come to that place where we inwardly support ourselves fully so that we really step into the fullness of the loving, the total freedom by which no longer do we need outer support, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, but truly the fullness of support is directly with God, directly with God. Just remember, if you want to call it a destination in this journey, that's the ultimate destination. But use the tools you've been given. Use the support. Be loving. Participate. Look at all of your experience as God-given, as your opportunity to really learn and grow, to come into the greater knowing of all of God's creation, both in the outer kingdoms and the inner kingdoms. Because that's the true journey of life. So walk the journey. Just do it in loving. And when you're not loving, do it in forgiveness. That'll bring you into the loving. And then it really is more of a joyful, loving, peaceful journey that even in the disturbances or distractions, we no longer lose our knowing, our true knowing of who we are as that divine light, that divine child, that divine spark of God itself. Okay. Well, one thing I thought that I would like to do today is to open it up for some question and answers. It's... Um, well, so let's just do that. So, Laura, if you want to bring the mic around to people. And if you have something you'd like to share, something you would like to ask, please just raise your hand. We have Rose up here with her hand up. Okay. Uh, for years I've heard about the Pearl of Great Price. And would you explain more about that? Well, the pearl of great price is the soul. And it is the only thing of value that we own, that we possess. And yet we do not realize that we even have it. We hear of it. We are told that we have a soul, but we really do not know it. Nor do we know the value of it, really. And because we are so caught up in the world and distracted by the world and looking outward into the world for answers, for solution, for possessions. We often place the outer as more valuable and important than the inner and the soul that dwells within. So the, the story of the Pearl of Great Price, the name of the Pearl of Great Price, is really talking about the value of our own beingness, our own soul, and to really hold value to that first and to live in that that is the value of the soul, which is loving, and let it begin to express itself into all the other areas of our life. The quest in the world for position, for power, for money, for love, for joy, for whatever it is that we are pursuing in the world really comes from a greater demand, want, need within to pursue and find the truth of who we really are, which is soul. That's the great quest, that's the great journey, that's the great treasure that we're ever looking to find. And as long as we have a downward and outward focus into the world, we're really not going to find what we really long to find and have fulfilled inside of us what we are longing to fulfill. Oftentimes we look into the world and we bring things into our lives hoping that, well, maybe this will fill it up, maybe this will bring me fulfillment, well, maybe now I'll be happy. Well, maybe now I won't have this longing and need. But we find no matter how much we have gathered around us, <coughs> it doesn't answer the question. It doesn't answer the longing. I can remember years ago going over to a friend's house and they were getting ready to move and we went in to start getting boxes together to help them to pack up. And, and I said, well, so how much do you think we're going to need to pack? And he says, well, 
there's not so much in the house. I've got just a few boxes for in here. We said, well, come on out. Let me show you something else. And we walked out into the garage, and the garage was packed with stuff. And these were all things that they thought they needed. They thought that these were going to be the answers to their, their emptiness, their longing, their need. And so they had bought all these things, had them in the house, and found out, well, I don't need this, or this isn't important after all. I just kind of fell for whatever the advertisers were saying, and they stuck it in the garage. Well, we all have done that in our lives. We've, we've taken and chased after things in the world, hoping that that's going to be the solution. And in truth, the only solution that we are ever going to find to answer the long, the need, the want, is the soul. And the key to getting that is to going inside and connecting to that place where the soul resides. So the Pearl of Great Price is really about our soul. It is of great value. It is the only value in all of this creation. There is nothing else in this creation truly that exists except us as spirit. And that's the great value here. It's interesting. Also, Jesus said, do not cast pearls before swine. The pearls before swine that Jesus is talking about there is the teachings of the path of sound and light that lead us into that place where we do discover the pearl of great price, our own soul. And what he's saying is, don't go out and share these teachings with everybody because not everybody is ready for it. But let those that are ready come and receive the essence, receive the teachings, receive these pearls that you have for them so that they begin to collect within themselves the understanding, the knowing, the wisdom, the teachings, these pearls of great price that we have cast before them, that they might then begin to put those teachings to action in their daily life, inwardly and outwardly, until they discover for themselves the true pearl of great price that resides within, which is the soul. So that is really the quest. That is really the journey. You know, the other part of the Pearl of Great Price is the whole story about the Holy Grail. There's so many stories, so many legends, up to even to the Da Vinci Codes today about the Holy Grail. Well, the Holy Grail really is that which we also term the Pearl of Great Price. It is our soul. It is connecting into that place inside of us where our soul resides and living there and dwelling there and partaking of that, drinking from that divine cup of the waters that quench the thirst, that we partake of the food of spirit that answers all the hunger, all the need, all the want. And those things that answer that thirst and that hunger is the loving that we find that resides within our own soul. It's interesting today before I, I really started the day, I was in meditation. And then again, in meditation, I just kept hearing the song of God being sung continually, that divine audible life stream, moving, 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 in me and around me. And as it was moving, I could also hear another song kind of being sung in the midst and in the center of this great choir singing God's name. And the other song that I was hearing was be still and know that I am God. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. And it just kept being sung within the choir of the divine name being sung. And I realized something very profound in that moment, and that is really getting in touch with that stillness of connecting back into that place where we do begin to awaken into the divine knowing and begin to live in that divine loving that truly is the soul. And as I was watching and listening and participating in this flow of this song within a song, I also could hear my mind, my emotions, my imagination and my body calling upon me, singing their own song, demanding of me, wanting of me, needing of me, to make them important, to make them first, to come and do for them. And I realized something in the midst of all this great thing going on within myself, both the chaos of the physical body and the mind and all that was going on, as well as the joy and the peace and the quiet of the soul. And that was that 
if I just come to that stillness of knowing God, of being in the stillness with God, being there in that quiet place, that all these things cannot distract me, all these things cannot pull me away from my truth, from my loving, from the divinity that I am. But the question is, how do we get to that place where we are in the stillness? And how do we hold to that place of stillness, of being still, and know that I am God? That's the quest that we are all on. That's the quest of the Holy Grail. That's the quest of searching out for this pearl of great price. It's how do we get in touch with that stillness that is in the center of our own soul so that we truly come into the knowing of that. That's meditation. That's daily meditation. It's sitting down every day, doing the quest for the Holy Grail, being the knight, Sir Galahad, searching out for that Holy Grail once again, looking to see where it resides and how to take possession of it and how to maintain possession of it. So it's up to each of us each day to sit down and go in deep inside in that meditative state to that place where we can connect into the stillness and allow the mind, allow the emotions, allow all that is of ourselves to do whatever they're going to do. Just allow it. The more I give permission for my mind and all that that is to just do what it's going to do and me to keep looking up above it, holding my attention upon that divine flow of loving, the easier I find it to rise above all of this creation and enter into the truth of myself, that essence of soul, that divine living light that is God dwelling within me.